Such delicacy of sentiment is something that I admire without comprehending. I am bewildered. I am of the earth earthy, and I find myself in the incongruous position of having to do with mere souls, with natures so finely tempered that I run some risk of shattering them in my awkwardness. I am as Caliban among the spirits. Reflecting on your letter, I am not sure that it is wise in me to continue this correspondence. But no, Jack, I do wrong to doubt the good sense that forms the basis of your character. You are deeply interested in Miss Daw. You feel that she is a person whom you may perhaps greatly admire when you know her. At the same time, you bear in mind that the chances are ten to five that when you do come to know her, she will fall far short of your ideal, and you will not care for her in the least. Look at it in this sensible light, and I will hold back nothing from you. Yesterday afternoon, my father and myself rode over to Rivermouth with the Dawes. A heavy rain in the morning had cooled the atmosphere and laid the dust. To Rivermouth is a drive of eight miles along a winding road lined all the way with wild barberry bushes. I never saw anything more brilliant than these bushes, the green of the foliage and the faint blush of the berries intensified by the rain. The colonel drove with my father in front, Miss Daw and I on the back seat. I resolved that for the first five miles your name should not pass my lips. I was amused by the artful attempts she made at the start to break through my reticence. Then a silence fell upon her, and then she became suddenly gay. That keenness which I enjoyed so much when it was exercised on the lieutenant was not so satisfactory directed against myself. Miss Daw has great sweetness of disposition, but she can be disagreeable. She is like the young lady in the rhyme with the curl on her forehead. When she is good, she is very, very good, and when she is bad, she is horrid. I kept to my resolution, however, but on the return home I relented and talked of your mare. Miss Daw is going to try a side saddle on Margot some morning. The animal is a trifle too light for my weight. By the by, I nearly forgot to say that Miss Daw sat for a picture yesterday to a river mouth artist. If the negative turns out well, I am to have a copy. So our ends will be accomplished without crime. I wish, though, I could send you the ivory type in the drawing room. It is cleverly colored and would give you an idea of her hair and eyes, which, of course, the other will not. No, Jack, the spray of mignonette did not come from me. A man of twenty-eight doesn't enclose flowers in his letters to another man. But don't attach too much significance to the circumstance. She gives sprays of mignonette to the rector, sprays to the lieutenant. She has even given a rose from her bosom to your slave. It is her jocund nature to scatter flowers, like spring. If my letters sometimes read disjointedly, you must understand that I never finish one in a sitting, but write at intervals when the mood is on me. The mood is not on me now. Nine, Edward Delaney to John Fleming, August twenty third, eighteen seventy two. I have just returned from the strangest interview with Marjorie. She has all but confessed to me her interest in you, but with what modesty and dignity her words elude my pen as I attempt to put them on paper. And indeed, it was not so much what she said as her manner, and that I cannot reproduce. Perhaps it was of a piece with the strangeness of this whole business that she should tacitly acknowledge to a third party the love she feels for a man she has never beheld. 
but I have lost, through your aid, the faculty of being surprised. I accept things as people do in dreams. Now that I am again in my room, it all appears like an illusion. The black masses of Rembrandtish shadow under the trees, the fireflies whirling in pyrrhic dances among the shrubbery, the sea over there, Marjorie sitting on the hammock. It is past midnight, and I am too sleepy to write more. Thursday morning. My father has suddenly taken it into his head to spend a few days at the Shoals. In the meanwhile, you will not hear from me. I see Marjorie walking in the garden with the Colonel. I wish I could speak to her alone, but she'll probably not have an opportunity before we leave. 10. Edward Delaney to John Fleming, August 28, 1872. You were passing into your second childhood, were you? Your intellect was so reduced that my epistolary gifts seemed quite considerable to you, did they? 